Welcome to Technically Speaking, the official podcast of ETC, a consulting engineering firm serving property managers and building owners for over 35 years. Now, please know, we have no hidden agenda or affiliations. It is our obligation to serve you as your trusted advisor, and we take that responsibility very seriously. But not too seriously for today's podcast, as we share fun stories and information from the challenging construction world. So sit back and enjoy as we discuss helpful ways to correct all kinds of building problems. Here's your host, Joe Shuffleton. So I'm here today talking with Shabir Kazmi, who is an architect licensed in several different jurisdictions. He's also a lead professional, and he has over 25 years of experience in architecture and dealing with issues. Um, and that's what we want to talk to you about today. Uh, how were you phrasing before when we were talking about this? How would you phrase it? We're talking about, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. And we were talking about how to have a balance between aesthetically pleasing building and also something that functionally is working, and that is waterproof. Well, we have a lot of issues like that, um, and we get calls about this a lot of times. And, and the best example I can give you is that all the time we have discussions with people at buildings about not putting carpeting on their balconies. And I understand that the carpeting on the balcony feels so much better under your feet. And people want to go out in the morning in their bare feet or their stocking feet and standing on hard concrete or wood or steel is not as comfortable as standing on a nice carpet. And it looks good, too. From inside, you look out there and, you know, you might have a green carpet that looks like grass or something like that. But, you know, it's aesthetically, it's more pleasing probably to a lot of people than just plain old concrete. The problem is once you put those balconies in a position where they're covered with with, with carpeting, it tends to retain the moisture. And so we have problems in a concrete balcony the reinforcing steel starts to corrode. And when it corrodes, it expands and it starts breaking apart the concrete. And eventually it can lead to a structurally unsound condition. If you put it over a wood balcony, the wood's going to rot more quickly because the water is in constant contact with it over a period of time. And if it's a metal balcony, the metal will corrode. So there are things that we really must do when we talk about that. And so what do you recommend to clients when they talk to you about these things? So uh, it is a very serious question. Uh, You're absolutely right. We got to first assess what is the material there and how it's going to corrode. And yes, we want something that is aesthetically feeling good. Carpet feels good on the foot, but it is not the best material to put it on the balcony flat. Yes, there are products out there. There are manufacturers out there. They got carpet that is on in a mesh system that provides about five-eighths of an inch space between the carpet and the concrete, let's say. For drainage. For drainage. And and, and those are fine. Uh, you could do that. Um, and that will provide some kind of comfort to the foot. But um, the bigger problem happens when you don't when you have drilling hydrum limitation. Um, that let's say uh, you have a guardrail that's required by code to be 42 inches. Well, you're going to put carpet. That's going to raise the height. 
Well, carpet's not going to raise the height, not going to lower the height of that effective railing very much. Carpet is half inch at the most. Correct. But the, the underneath, you need five-eighth or half an inch required by a manufacturer for the drainage. And now it's one inch difference. And that does not meet the safety railing requirement. That's the guardrail requirement. Okay, yes. It's called a guard in the building code. And the requirement is that it's absolutely a minimum of 42 inches tall. Cannot compromise on that. And so that's exactly the height that most people build their buildings and put in railings for 42 inches. So if you add even wood pallets or any of these other things that start taking away more than a minuscule amount of depth you're compromising the safety of the railing and the building code official could come in and say, take it out. That's right. And these products, they're great uh, if you have that proper height because they allow for the drainage. And um, as you know, all the balconies, they have to be positively positively draining and the water got to get out of the balcony. And if there is no way to get out, then you have all kinds of issues that can lead to deterioration in the building. Well, positive drainage is a big thing, but we always tell the, our clients that they need to put some kind of a protective membrane down on, say, the concrete so that even with the drainage, even if you have positive slope and you get some drainage, you protect the concrete or the steel or whatever it is from corroding. And that's really an important thing. That saves you all kinds of problems in the future in terms of having to do repair costs and you know, reconstructing back. We've, we've, I can tell you some real horror stories. We've had to completely replace a concrete balcony because the deterioration had gotten so bad. I mean, chunks were falling off the face, chunks were falling off the ceiling onto the balcony below, and it's just a bad situation there because it's just gone too long. Um, simple repair job done many years ago would have saved them the agony of having to replace the whole thing if they had just put down, done the repairs and then put down a waterproof coating. Um, now, when we replace the balcony, we can certainly make sure that it's nice and sloped well, which is a plus. But the cost of doing that and the time it takes and the dust and all the inconvenience is just way out there. You really don't want to have to do that if you don't, if you don't have to. If you don't have to, yeah, avoid, avoid big problems. Avoid There's a functionality to every material, and, and we really want to understand that. And there's a famous quote by uh, Louis Sullivan, who was like, known to be father of skyscraper and modernism. And this guy did amazing, amazing, beautiful details, ornate details in Chicago. Uh, so if you ever go to Chicago, look at Suez Eleven. His famous quote is, form ever follows function. you got to know the function of the building. And that translates to small details such as sloping of balconies. It's a big detail in my opinion. Well, I think I've heard that before, even though I'm just an engineer and not an architect. But I think I've heard that before. I think similar conditions exist if you want to put various other types. Of, a lot of people like to put tile, wood decking, um, stone, uh, things like that on top of their, their uh, balconies. And again, we would warn them against doing that. In some jurisdictions, I know they've outlawed 
concrete balconies with carpeting on top of them, such as in Florida and things like that. And the local jurisdictions are also against it because, you know, we know for sure now that carpeting is a bad thing directly on the concrete. You can get away with some other stuff. But even if you're putting tile or stone or any of these other things, you have to look at all these things. You have to have drainage. We have to let the water off the balcony. And you put a waterproof coating down. It's really important to take care of those things. And as you mentioned, that railing height becomes a big deal. Well, let's talk about what if that is an issue of railing height and what can, how can I... So, so we talked about coating, uh, traffic coating on the on the concrete balcony. And th- that is a great solution when you have a railing height problem. When you have a very limited layering height, absolutely 42 inches, I want to do some kind of coating on it that will protect my concrete. So um, coating, as we previously discussed, was um, you can do rounded ag- uh, aggregate uh, or an angular aggregate. Angular aggregate we prefer, but let's say you want more a softer surface, you can do rounded aggregate. And that's the type of traffic coating that you can cover your balcony with. Well, now I have traffic coating. Now I can easily go to sleep knowing that my concrete is not falling apart. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be protected. By the way, I've never seen a railing installed over 42 inches. I mean, the code says 42, so every builder I've ever seen and every building I've ever been to has been 42 inches or less. I've never seen it at 44 inches. So th- there you go. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's an issue. So we, we, we got to uh, carefully examine before we put on a new material on the balcony. Another thing when we get to balconies or even decks and walkways is – there is an aesthetic concern that people want to make them into gardens and heavily, heavily install planters and trees and sometimes really big trees, even stone coverings and uh, art and things like that that's very heavy. And we get a lot of inquiries about what we can safely do. And it depends, on, to a big part, on the design and construction of the building. So you have to look at it because the code has certain requirements that have changed over the years. Older buildings are not as vigorous with the amount of loading that they're supposed to have. So things have changed. But today, you know, you can still put good stuff on there. What do you, how would you advise clients regarding that? Well, if you are putting planters, let's say, you know, so your planters, they don't want to be heavier than 200 pounds approximately and you want to put them two feet apart and that's a general rule of thumb also you don't want to you you want to think about how it's affecting the neighbor below when you're watering plants if you remember one of our clients she was watering the plants and the uh, building had beautiful glass rails and the glass rails look are great they're they don't obstruct the view but every time she would water the water would drip down to the neighbor below. And the drainage was not working properly. The first, the ceiling was affected for the neighbor below. And also all the railing would get uh, watermarks. So things like that, they are very important when you're trying to make your balcony. Uh, I understand you want to make it a beautiful garden, but you don't want to overdo it. Um, with, With the weight and how you, remember, water adds weight to the balcony. So don't overdo it, in my opinion. Well, we've always told people, if you can move it, it's okay. That's right. And keep it far enough apart from one another that you're not doing it. Because the loadings on balconies might be 
100 or 150 pounds per square foot, something on that order of magnitude, depending on the local code and how they were designed and stuff like that. So a 200-pound planter that you can easily move around should be able to maintain that load requirement as long as you keep things far enough apart. That's right. So it works out well. And the other thing is when you're watering a lot of plants, some of the soil and stuff comes out of it. That's right. When you water them. So not only is it water coming down, but you're getting the staining of soil or whatever it is there. So it's not just like a rain. It's actually worse than a rain. That is correct. That, that is correct. And and uh, some uh, balconies have uh, this thing called pedestal pavers. So they're on pedestals and and then you put your pavers on top. And I've seen an instance where the dirt was coming out of the planting pots through the pavers in between the cracks, and then it was clogging the drainage system. So that's a big issue. Yeah, and those pedestal pavers, those concrete pavers are a couple inches thick, so you really got a a balcony railing issue that you have to keep in mind. That is correct. All right. um, We also get, and I don't know if you've seen this, but clients will often ask us to come and look at their asphalt pavement and say, look, I just need to make it look good. Can I just seal coat over it, make it look black? Will that take care of it? And they may even have a contractor that says, hey, I can get you a few years with the pavement by doing that. And I've just never seen it work. I don't know how much you've you've been involved with something like that. Oh, uh, we seal our big driveway pavement every two years in my neighborhood where I live. And um, I need to be there almost every six months because the cracks, you cannot fill up the cracks with, um, with, with any kind of coating. No, the seal coat doesn't fill cracks. There are special crack fillers to do that. You would do crack fillers and, and, and you would need to treat it as a joint that needs to be repaired. So, so my advice is no, uh, putting a co- just a mere coating, that's not going to work. Well, the advice from various sources in the industry standard is you don't put seal coating on top of anything that is not sound. So you have to have the sound pavement. You can certainly fill a few cracks, but if the cracks are every three or four inches and stuff, the seal coat's not going to hold it together, and the seal coat's not going to last. You're going to be right back where you were, and now you're going to even actually be worse off because you're going to have different wear of the surface, so you're going to see the seal coat in good good in some areas and not in others, and it's going to look blotchy and terrible. So I totally agree. I, I certainly try to recommend against that. Now, as an architect, you must you must love brick. Yes, beautiful, beautiful, lasts forever, right? That's great, and it's proven to be you know a very good facade material um, that helps keep moisture out of buildings, and it just looks beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's a warmth thing, right? Oh yeah, and it has a cultural value to it. Um, you know, people associate. Their houses, you know, houses are typically built to have a face brick. Um, and there is a big cultural value and comfort level that, oh, I got my brick house. But yes, there are many, many, many issues if it's not done properly. Well, you know, the thing about that is even on high rise buildings, they'll have a face brick for the front. And in the alleys in the back, they use a more common brick that is correct to make the walls because they're trying to make the street look beautiful and stuff like that and they do that with brick so a lot of clients talk to us about various issues with brick walls and one of them is 
They love ivy. I mean, a lot of clients think that's the way to go. Ivy-covered buildings, they're thinking old structures and uh, universities and things like that. And and people tend to want to do that. That is. What do you tell them? Big no. Don't do it. Here's what happens with ivies. They tear up your mortar joints. They get in between the bricks. And all the joints that are supposed to provide movement and drainage, it, it just wreaks a havoc on it. And I don't recommend doing IV on brick wall. Well, the Brick Industry Association, which is big industry standard when it comes to brick construction, also says the same thing. It says don't let ivy grow on your brick walls because it gets in there and it deteriorates the more. It'll even cause the brick to deteriorate. That's correct. Because those little, uh, the ivy roots that get in there are very destructive and they're very aggressive. That is correct. So how do you take care of that? Let's say you've got that building where it's um, ivy covered. How do you how do you deal with that? Well, what you want to do is uh, you want to cut at the roots and let it dry out because you don't want to pull the overgrown ivy because it's going to pull the mortar joints. You let it dry out and then you can, do, uh, you know, using stiff fiber brush and or laundry detergent you, and you pull them out and clean up your wall. And then you see what the assess, what the damage is, and then you do brick pointing and whatnot. But uh, ivy, just letting it grow, is going to quickly, quickly deteriorate your wall. And you're going to be in for a real expensive repair job when you're done. Plus, you're letting water into the building potentially. That is correct. Which can lead to mold and all kinds of other issues. You just don't want to go down that road. No. But don't pull the ivy off. Cut it. Flush with the face. Let the roots that are in there dry out, rot to a certain degree. Then just a, cl- a cleaning of the building, maybe using some stiff bristled brushes, uh, will take care of getting the remaining, what they call the shoots or that are, that are in the wall and get them out. Yeah. Um, and that's the best way to do it. But now, the other thing is I've got all that damage and clients will come to me and say, I don't want to repair all this stuff. Uh, let's paint the brick. Now, as an architect, you've got to be totally offended by that. Yeah. So I, I see that uh, a lot. And every time I look at paint on the brick and I say, wow, what would Louis Sullivan would say? And, and yeah, of course, Louis, Louis Kahn, not Louis Sullivan. Uh, Louis Kahn in mid-50s, great architect. He says, even a brick wants to be something. There is his famous quotation. But Even it, a brick wants to be something. Something. Okay. But it doesn't want to be painted. <laughs> I, I, I think he would say that too. The brick, the brick itself is a breathing material, and it has to. When you when you put paint in front of it, it doesn't breathe anymore, and therefore it doesn't work what as it's supposed to work, which it lets the moisture out. So therefore, I don't recommend painting the brick at all. Well, there are breathable coatings and paints that manufacturers make. They sell it that way. My experience with that is that, yes, that's better than painting it with something that's not going to allow anything, but it's still the wrong thing to do. Stains, as an example, you could go ahead and put a stain on there, and that's not going to obstruct very much the ability of the wall to breathe. Correct. But you are covering up other problems, and paint is not going to cover cracks 
and stop water from getting in and being a problem uh, and things of that nature. You're hiding the issues more than anything else. Oh, it's a, a misconception. Hey, I'm going to paint the brick wall and it's going to stop from water intrusion. It's not the case. Well, many other things can cause water intrusion besides the facing of the brick. But to be fair, we know that brick is not in and itself 100% waterproof. Today, we design cavity walls with that in mind, saying, okay, the, brain, the, the brick is going to stop 90, 95% of the brain that comes through. So it's going to stop most of the water, but some is going to get through. It gets to that cavity, then it drops down to a flashing at a window or at a floor line or something where the flashing is, and, and it discharges the water out. We know brick is not 100% waterproof to start with. That is correct. That and, is. and we just have to live with that. Now, painting it creates another problem because you're going to have to repaint it every few years. That is correct. Uh, you, you, and then you have to color match it. That's, again, another problem. But it's a, a simple principle is that when you apply paint to the outside of the brick, now the moisture gets trapped inside. It's not breathing out, and that's a big issue. Well, there is a tendency for that. There's no doubt about it, no matter what you put on it. But as I say, there are... Manufacturers call breathable coatings sure. that are less offensive sure. in this particular case. And if you believe everything the manufacturer tells you about how breathable it is. But the problem there becomes, okay, so the first time it's breathable, but then in three to five years when you repaint it and you put a second coat, how much, re how much is it breathable then? Yeah. Or the third cycle when you put it in, how much breathable how much more breathable is it that way? It's not. it's not. Every time you coat it, it's getting less and less breathable, and you're making the potential problems much worse. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. Well, Shabir, thanks very much for coming here today and talking with us. We appreciate it very much, as always, and we'll try to have you back again soon. Well, thank you so much, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to Technically Speaking. To learn more about ETC, its engineering and building envelope services, please visit our website at www.etc-web.com.